do, baby boo. Welcome, guys, to the 30-minute podcast, season two, episode one. My name is Tito. I am your host. And right off the bat, this is going to be a special episode because um, because of the topic today, Love is Blind, and, you know, the advice for the men of Love is Blind season five and the lessons from this season. This episode is going to be, this episode of the podcast is going to be longer than usual. I'm not going to confine myself to the normal 30 minutes. So this will probably be like a 45 minute or a one hour special. Now, for those of you who are here purely for Love is Blind gist, then if you're watching this um, episode on YouTube, you're in luck. There are timestamps down below. So you can just skip to who, whichever couple from Love is Blind season two you want to hear about. But for the rest of you who have like three or four minutes to spare, I'd like to talk about just a few things. Do some housekeeping. I mean, this is the first episode of a new season. So I do want to you know talk about what I'm going to be doing this season and how I'm feeling right now. And just say one or two things. All right. So season two, yeah, um, season one ended on September 30th, International Podcast Day. Is it, I always mix it up. Is it World Podcast Day or International Podcast Day? I think it's International Podcast Day, September 30th, a Saturday. So that was the last episode I put up. It's now like two weeks into October. That was like two weeks ago, essentially. So um, the plan was to take a one-week break, but it ended up being two weeks I was going to take another break this week because I don't know if you can tell by my voice. I'm a bit under the weather. I have a flu, but I really don't want to waste any more time because the longer I wait, the harder it is to get back into the game. So I'm back today. There are a few changes, none that you can see right now. Um, So the major change is that the podcast, the 30-minute podcast is going to have its own YouTube channel. It's no longer going to share um my movie review channel which is called tito's second channel so that would be just for my movie reviews and the 30 minute podcast now has its own um youtube channel uh so yay for that and the reason is because i i think i was messing up the algorithm last season when i was putting you know movie reviews and a podcast on that isn't on movie reviews on the same youtube channel so i think um youtube got a bit confused and it affected my cpm or my rpm or whatever and you know the ads that people were seeing on my channel so i think it's best to just separate both so that's the plan so that's one what else is um going to be different nothing much <laughs> i think well branding stuff there'll be a few things here and there that i'll change but um i guess i'll let you guys know as time goes by yeah there are a few episodes that I talked about in season one, or a few things I said I, would, I was going to talk about in season one. Don't worry, I haven't forgotten. I'll carry them over into season two. Things like um, the dating network or dating um, service that I joined. So I've been doing that for like a month and a half now, and there are a few updates concerning that. So in future episodes of this um, this season, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> future episodes, essentially, or very soon, um, I will be talking about that. And what else? Yeah, What's New will be coming back. I've filmed a couple of things for What's New. There won't be any edition of What's New on this episode, but that will be coming back. And a few things here and there. But uh, once again, please just um, be kind or just excuse me because it's a bit of a struggle. I don't know how I'm going to do this for close to an hour, but talking when you have the flu, not easy. I have, you know, this orange drink, which I hope will help, which isn't cold, by the way, because I've been told not to drink any cold things. But hopefully, I'll get through this. Now, before we do dive into the talk about Love is Blind, if you're watching this episode or this recording on YouTube, you know the drill. 
please like the video by clicking on the like button and subscribe to this channel by clicking on the black subscribe button that is now more important than ever seen as this episode or my my episodes of the podcast are now on their own or on its own youtube channel so please do click on that subscribe button like the video and share this episode with anyone who you feel will enjoy it now netflix love is blind season five a train wreck or nah i don't think it was a train wreck i think they just decided to go in a different direction this year or sorry this season because this is actually the second season that has come out in 2023 so the final um, episode came out on friday the reunion came out last weekend and oh boy there's lots to say or lots to talk about regarding both now i'm it's most likely that most of you watching this are familiar with the show and familiar with season five it was quite toxic and it was different in the sense that it wasn't um lovey-dovey as previous seasons have been you see with previous seasons of love is blind there are typically couples that you root for people that you like and love is really at the center and you know seeing people find each other after getting to know each other from like the opposite sides of a wall but eventually meeting up and eventually getting married within a short period of time it's you know it gives you rom-com vibes and it's it's like it gives you like good feelings and good sensations in a romantic way so that's usually what love is blind um is like but this season was quite toxic some people say that this was the red flags edition of love is blind and i think it's valid because there is the negative side of getting to know somebody without seeing them you know without ever seeing them getting to know them falling in love with them proposing to them and then eventually seeing them and trying to start um a life together there is the dark side of all that and i think that's what they explored on this season so while this season season five of love is blind didn't really give us the feels and the love and you know the romantic vibes and all i think it the entertainment value was sky high i think as, after season one this was probably the best season entertainment-wise of Love is Blind. If you agree or if you don't agree, please let me know somehow. Maybe send me a DM or leave a comment if you're um, watching this on YouTube. But yeah, the shock value was high and um, they did expose a lot. Now, what I want to do in this um, episode of the podcast is I want to advise the men of Love is Blind Season 5 and maybe highlight some lessons that I learned from the season, right? Um... Just give me a quick second. Let me put a pen on this sheet of paper that I have in front of me that is trying to blow itself away. Now, this season of Love is Blind was unique for a number of reasons, but particularly for me, because there are only two couples that made it to the altar, to the I do's, of which one couple didn't say I do, but one couple did. And that's very unusual for Love is Blind, you know, because typically in the past, the previous four seasons, You'd see like there'd be like four or five weddings, you know, different couples getting married. Some would say I do, some wouldn't. But with this one, they're just two couples. And the couple who actually got married, people weren't really fans of theirs, i.e. Milton and Lydia. I'll get into that a little later, but it just felt quite weird. And it felt like like with previous finales, right, we wanted to be part of the whole wedding process, you know, see the families and see all the um, all the decorations and all the glamour around th these weddings that um, Netflix puts together for these couples. But with this season, we didn't really care much for the wedding. We just wanted to know who would say I do and who wouldn't because it was such this season was such a... I wouldn't say it was like torture or it was hard to watch, but it was just, it was a bit grueling. Let me put it that way. 
anyway let's dive into each of the couples and um i will highlight like i said the lessons learned from this season and the advice i want to give the men of season five of love is blind let's begin first of all with izzy and stacy now you guys are very familiar with izzy and stacy's dynamic they didn't get married because um of pretty much because of lifestyle differences and financial issues um izzy is not the best when it comes to money i suppose and um while stacy comes from she she comes from money and she's very good with money but izzy is he doesn't tow that line or tow that path and um i think this was the biggest message from this season of love is blind the role that money plays in a marriage especially credit because i think izzy said a couple of times that you know what's a credit score not in these exact words but he he didn't feel like a credit score really had much to do with finding love or you know marrying someone but many people know that yeah it, it is very it's important because in america or in places where the whole credit system works right when you marry someone their debt becomes your debt you it's shot it's joined <laughs> it's joined together so there are serious implications to you know marrying somebody with really bad credit essentially it, the issue between izzy and stacy boiled down to money and lots of women feel like it's because izzy is broke and uh he 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 wanted to like live off stacy right who had money i'm not saying that's wrong i i think i actually agree but i think stacy would have she may have married izzy or said i do to izzy if izzy showed initiative and if he had a plan because throughout the season we didn't get the feel or the vibe that izzy really wanted to level up his life because it's one thing to be broke it's another thing to be broke but to have a plan and to be you know um to be prescient or to be productive and to be you know um what's the word it's evading me but to be proactive that's the word about getting on your feet and providing for yourself and your loved one right but izzy didn't seem to have that vibe he seemed like as if this is who i am take me as i am you're just going to take me like this i don't plan on scaling up or being better with my finances because like i said if he sh- if he showed stacy that he was going to improve or that, that he had a plan to improve he had a like career goals ambition and a plan and different plans to just scale up financially i think at the least they would have continued dating and then maybe eventually gotten married perhaps but izzy just didn't seem to show initiative and another thing that i learned from um or that i was well, i say i was happy to see from izzy and stacy's dynamic is the fact that this this happened to a <laughs> to a non-black couple. Izzy is um I think he's Hispanic, um, while Stacy is Caucasian. If Stacy was a black woman or they were a black couple, and the woman said she was not going to go forward with the marriage because this man had very poor personal finance habits or was broke, I I I admit it, I would have said, Well, there you go, black women, always out for, you know. A guy's pockets they always want to be taken care of they want princess treatment that how come she has her own money but she still wants him you know to pay for her you know her outings and her trips and her this and her that if this was a black couple easy and stacy i admit i would have i would have caught out have pulled out the black card and said yeah black women here, here they go again but i was like i said happy to see that this was happening to a non-black couple and that educated me or showed me 
that this whole gender roles thing of a man being a provider and a woman wanting to be taken care of it's not limited to race and it's not just black women that want a man that is proactive who has a good head on his shoulders who wants to provide for himself and his family it's not just black women that feel that way it's you know women of different races that feel that way so yeah that was an eye-opener for me and uh black women sorry for <laughs> for looking at you guys that way as wanting or always wanting to be taken care of whether or not you have your own money speaking of your own money another thing that i learned from this season was that it's it's easier for a woman still uneasy and stacy right it's easier for a woman to be hot but broke and still find a decent well-to-do man to marry than it is for a guy to be hot but broke and find a well-to-do woman to marry who is also attractive and whatnot because a hot guy who is broke could actually find maybe like a middle-aged woman who is i don't know maybe morbidly obese or has one issue or the other but she has lots of money hey those types of women we see them all the time you know on these on other reality shows right how those types of women who find it hard finding a man are very quick to use their money to acquire a man so i'm not saying it's impossible but i'm saying it's very hard for a hot guy who is broke to find a hot woman who has money to settle down with but on the flip side it's quite easy for a hot woman who is broke <laughs> to find an okay guy or a hot guy uh who has lots of money you know who's willing to marry her so it's just that it's just that gender dynamic and you know as the years have gone by recently we've been like you know gender equality what's good for this gender is good for that gender but this season of love is blind shows that you know gender roles are still very much a thing and as progressive as many people think they are they're still very much into traditional um gender roles especially when it comes to relationships and comes to marriage because I'd, I'd imagine there are lots of women who are doing well for themselves and who could afford to be the breadwinner, but they don't want to be the breadwinner. They don't want to carry all the load or be the one in front in a marriage, maybe because of, you know, traditional beliefs or what they've seen growing up. They want a man who can, at the very least, be at par with them, you know, where they can be equals or at the or at best be he could earn more or be further ahead in his career or in his um earning capacity so that would be preferable for for most women i imagine so yeah um traditional gender roles are still very much a thing that's another thing that i've learned from season five my my advice to izzy because it wasn't just the money issue well first of all my advice to izzy level up financially five-year plan 10-year plan you know take professional courses and exams get your money together don't lean on your looks so much you know because i think going into the experiments easy was really banking on being a hot guy even though they couldn't see each other but it's funny how i don't know i'm sure you guys noticed it too and i've heard other people say it on ig that easy was like a favorite at the beginning of the season but the more we got to know him the more he spoke the more he gave us the ick and the more we realized that he wasn't the fantastic guy that many of us thought he was so that was uh, another interesting thing that I learned. You know, um, you have to be more than a pretty face to when it comes to marriage. But um, coming back to the point that I was making, if I can remember it, I think I've lost it. <laughs> I think I want to move on. <laughs> so essentially, yeah, I think Izzy, I'll, it will come to me. It will come to me. Oh, yes, Izzy, right? And my advice to him. 
level up, which is what I said earlier, but also seek therapy. A number of times in the final episode and even in episode one, when he was in the pods with um, Johnny, timestamp at the 42.10, the 42nd minute and the 10th second of season of yeah season five episode two actually easy says and i quote not known that i quote but he says something along the line along the lines of he wants to be loved unconditionally unconditionally and that he's scared of being abandoned now i think just to quickly unpack that i think that was saying that he knows he has flaws and he wants to be loved in spite of those flaws and he doesn't want to work on those flaws and i think when he was when he said that it was the poor credit thing and it was the you know him not having money thing that he wanted to be loved in spite of those things unconditionally and it was as if he didn't want to work on those things that just take me as i am don't abandon me take me the way you see me so yeah my advice to izzy is to like level up scale up um love is not unconditional he said that at the finale as well when he said something about being in the gym and seeing titanic and he just wanted to be loved like in titanic being loved unconditionally love is not unconditional sadly i, I think it's been said a few times by different people that the only people who are loved or the only living things that are loved unconditionally are children and pets so yeah um in a romantic relationship you're going to be loved or valued based on certain criteria so yeah i don't think unconditional love exists so do what you need to do it's just the harsh reality of life so those are the things um the lessons i learned from izzy and stacy's dynamic i i may do a different episode just on izzy and stacy on and that whole money thing and dating within your tax bracket i think that's a larger um conversation that needs to be explored but moving on to milton and lydia to be honest guys i was rooting for milton and lydia i think from when they got to mexico and they were just they let their hair down they were just being goofy with each other they were play fighting and all that milton's personality was coming through a whole lot more he was he's very he, he, they're quite blunt you know he made fun of her her speaking her bad english or her her english isn't that, that bad to be honest but you get what i mean they were just quite open and quite goofy with one another and i found it to be quite cute and he will he would rehash wow he would reassure her <laughs> at different points some of you caught that i know he would reassure her at different points particularly when um what's his face uche came to their barbecue and you know there was a confrontation after that lydia said something along the lines of thank you for sticking up for me or being by my side or something like that i can't remember the exact words but it felt so genuine and it felt like something it felt real because we actually did see milton keeping a level head being by his woman's side not letting uche ruffle his feathers like he tried to do several times so yeah i was very impressed with milton i think we all were and the lessons i learned from milton and lydia's dynamic is that um i think well first and foremost don't listen to the fears of others lots of people were against lydia and milton yeah lots of people were for one, because of the age difference, him being 24 and her being um, 33, that's a nine-year difference. Um, the age difference, that's one. Two, from Milton being so young, 
I saw on Instagram people are like 24 and you're coming to love is blind. You haven't really tested the waters yet. You know, you haven't gotten desperate enough at 24 to come on a show like Love is Blind. So a lot of people didn't believe in Milton. Uh, they thought he was just there for the vibes to have fun. They thought he was immature. And Lydia as well, for a good portion of the show, we're trying to figure out if she's the victor or the villain. Sorry, the victim or the villain in the whole Uche, Lydia and Alia triangle. And she, in the first couple of episodes of the season, in, particularly in the pods, she looked rather desperate for love. And many people were worried about her. And many people were saying that this babe needs therapy because she seems to be incredibly desperate to find love at all costs. And I felt the same way, to be honest. But I feel like their love um, overcame the odds and they ended up together. The age difference, uh, Milton being so young, Lydia exhibiting, you know, some cray-cray tendencies earlier on in the season, the family dynamic. Lots of, a few people were in my DMs telling me that Milton's family doesn't like Lydia. It's so awkward. It can't work. This, that, and the other. The, them working out. And they even went to, if you've seen the reunion, they went to South America or wherever. Um, I can't remember where Lydia is from, but they went to South America to do another wedding. Probably their own version of a traditional wedding just to really solidify their union. And I believe it. I'm here for it. I think they genuinely love each other and I think they're going to make it work. It won't be super easy, but hey, marriage is rarely ever super easy anyway, even when everything seems to work out or seems to be, you know, on the level or seems to be ideal. You know, it's still lots of work. And I think maybe that was even to their advantage, seeing all these hurdles, seeing all these things they need to overcome. Even Lydia wasn't on board with the whole age difference thing early on in the season. But they scaled through and they seem very much in love. And I'm rooting for them and I'm, and I'm happy. I don't have any advice for, for Milton. Um, I hope he will mature as the, as the years progress. Uh, I hope he remains faithful. I hope she remains faithful as well. Um, but what I did learn from the Milton and Lydia relationship or dynamic is don't listen to the fears of others. Because so many people were against that couple. And even I was buying into, well, you know, they, they, they probably can't work. The age difference is a thing. You know, um, he's, he seems a bit too immature. She seems a bit too desperate for love. That maybe it's best that they don't end up together. In spite of all that, they, end, they wound up together. And what I took from that is that don't listen to the fears of others. Do what is in your hearts to do what you're convicted about. That is the lesson that I took from their union or from their marriage working out. Another thing is sometimes you, and this is based on Lydia's experience. We can all agree that Lydia was really keen on settling down and finding love. She, I think no one wanted it more on this season than Lydia did, right? She cried several times and she expressed her feelings to different people about, and even to us, you know, the audience about how she's had it rough in the past and she really wants to just find love. And, she eventually got it and sometimes in life you getting what you want is a factor of how badly you want it you know and i think how badly you want it also will determine how hard you're willing to work at it or work for it because you know lydia really wanted this like i said she wanted, really wanted to settle down and because of that she was willing to work at you know at the relationship with milton looking past certain things maybe like him and his uncleanliness maybe with the towels thing and this that and the other because she really wanted to settle down basically maybe she overlooked those things of course there are certain things that you shouldn't overlook there are certain red flags that you should address or do not like 
entertain. But I think Lydia was mature enough to be patient, to discuss things with Milton. And Milton, luckily, is the kind of person who you can talk things through with. And to, you know, not... They understand each other. To not flare up, to talk to him in a calm calm tone, to have a discussion, to, to meet each other in the middle. And I think she did all this because... She wasn't like ready to get back into the dating streets. She really wanted, she was done and she was ready to settle down. And once again, I think the lesson, one of the lessons from Milton and Lydia is you getting what you want in life sometimes is down to how badly you want it. Yeah, that for me, that's a huge, a huge um, lesson to learn. And one, something that I'm going to run with for the rest of 2023. How badly do you want it? That will determine whether you get it or not. What else did I learn from milton and lydia as i glanced at my notes real quick uh there was something that i want to yeah be unapologetically you i liked that because milton and lydia they're really themselves they were just being honest and being you know forthright their goofy quirky selves i loved that um common ground is important yes that's another major thing that i learned from lydia and uh, milton they're both they both work in work in oil and gas He's an engineer. She's a geologist. And, um, you know, you, from the beginning of the season, they had that common ground with, you know, rocks and minerals and all that stuff. They're in the same industry. And that, I think that was the beginning. That was the first thing that they bonded over. And I think having something to bond over is very important. You know, it's a firm foundation for a relationship. Because I think that's something that Izzy and uh, Stacy didn't have. They, what did they bond over at the end of the day? They're both kind of hot kind of but i mean that's so fickle i don't i didn't see anything and even uh, up till the end of the the uh, season i can't put my finger on what exactly stacy and izzy bonded over aside maybe just hormones and raging hormones and being into fitness or being hot and whatnot but with milton and lydia their professional background was a firm foundation for them to have common ground and to build things on and and people's careers I think play a huge role in their marriage and when you both understand each other's careers or you're you know both career driven and all that i think it can really work in the favor of the marriage or the union right so yeah that common ground thing and it doesn't need to be career wise it could be in other things maybe religion or maybe your outlook on life and stuff like that maybe a sense of humor maybe with the travel and you know experiencing life and life experiences right a good solid common ground on which to build the, the relationship on i think is incredibly important so that's another lesson that i learned from lydia and milton so who should we talk about next let's do jp and taylor who made it to mexico but didn't make it past mexico they broke up in mexico to be honest i thought that was just like a twist that i thought it was you know staged i thought that further into the season that they'd come back together they'd reconcile and they'd make it to the altar and they'd say they'd actually say i do to one another that's what i thought i was very surprised when the end of the episode was coming up and they didn't bring back jp and taylor now i do have some advice for jp let me take a quick swig or sip of my drink now jp's reason for breaking well not working on the relationship because ultimately Taylor broke things off with him for certain reasons. And those reasons are because I think uh, I think there are two primarily. First of all, JP was a terrible communicator. He wasn't opening up. He wasn't talking to his fiance, to Taylor. 
But secondly, his whole thing with looks and physical appearance, yeah, which was a huge thing that you know that episode that weekend when it came out, you know, him preferring her without makeup than with makeup. Then why are you lots of people are like, okay, so why are you on a show like Love is Blind if that kind of thing actually matters to you? Something as minute as makeup, you know, because there are several other things that could have been, you know, wrong or not to your taste in a physical sense that could have potentially happened but something as minute as makeup you're hammering on that so that was a bit weird but the communication thing jp doesn't seem to be a huge communicator now his reason during the reunion was that the cameras seemed to be a lot for him to you know to just take on or take in right because in the pods the cameras were like off to the side and there are so many other people you're not the focus or the center of attention but when they went to mexico and there were just three of them and the cameraman and the light guys and the whole crew was around he said that that made him like withdraw into himself and he couldn't really shine or something like that. But I think Taylor also said, okay, but what about when the cameras weren't there? You were still very, you know, withdrawn, still not communicating. So maybe that may have been an excuse. But I do think I do think there's like a bit of truth to what JP said about being shy, you know, with the cameras. But at the same time, you're coming on a show, a reality show, an incredibly popular reality show. How will cameras affect you? Essentially, my advice to JP, right? learn to communicate better you know even if you're not feeling a woman right learn to find the proper words and communicate yeah it's than just to stonewall or to just lock up it's incredibly frustrating you know for even for both genders if somebody just locks up and doesn't express themselves to you somebody that supposedly loves you or and they are trying to build a future with if they don't communicate i think communication is like one of like the foundations or the pillars of a good relationship so if somebody's not communicating it can't work it really can't work and jp just didn't handle the situation properly and he said as much in, in the reunion and then that makeup thing man that was that thing was, was just so weird so my advice to jp and men like jp of which there are lots of men like jp who do not express themselves you know it's one of those situations where in the beginning of a relationship they're like very we're very like we're out there. We're very intentional. We, we communicate well. We, you feel the energy from energy from the guy. But as you know, the relationship progresses. It seems to just decline. He just gets more and more quiet and withdrawn. It does happen with lots of guys, sadly, and it's wrong. And my advice to JP and to other men who tend to do that kind of thing: don't just don't ghost. Don't lock up. Don't stonewall. Communicate. Tell the lady what the issue is, even if you want out of the relationship. Find the right words and communicate them to the lady right i think that's the least you can do i'm sure you'd want somebody to do that for you too if you if you know the shoe were on the other foot so that's my advice to jp and men like jp let's try and find our words let's try and communicate women like relationships are built on communication but and women really do feed off communication as well it's not fair to just leave them in the dark and to let them be you know probing and prodding and trying to like poke you to get to talk and to say what's on your mind or say things about the relationship so yeah uh, so that's one advice for or piece of advice for JP and one thing I learned from their dynamic. Another thing I learned about um, JP and Taylor, forgive me for glancing at my notes, but it's very important. I have so many thoughts about these couples on Love is Blind Season 5. You have no idea. I don't want to miss out anything. Ask questions. If not, you might regret it. Thank God Taylor asked lots of questions and she, you know, she pushed for jp to open up and to talk and to share show his emotions and whatnot and she didn't just go along for the ride right 
um, ask questions in relationships. People tend to be scared to ask questions in relationships, myself included, because we're afraid of the responses we'll get. We're afraid of what we'll hear and how what the person will tell us will affect us, you know, our self-esteem or our morale or our image of ourselves, right? But it's better to know, to be honest, because if JP hadn't, sorry, if Taylor hadn't asked JP all those questions, who knows what would have happened, you know, who knows what would have happened. So yeah, another lesson from them is to always ask questions in relationships, relevant questions, questions that matter to you. So what, we're on to our fourth couple now, and our fourth couple is Uche and Aliyah, Uche, the season five villain. Oh boy. I don't know. People have been saying that, look, please, enough with these African men on Love is Blind. Because there was um, SK, there was um, the Ghanaian chap from last season, who is still married to his wife, by the way. I can't remember their names uh, right now. Kwame? Was it Kwame? Yeah, it was Kwame. So SK, Kwame from, uh, SK from Nigeria, Kwame from Ghana, now Uche from Nigeria in seasons 5, 4, and 3, respectively. No, 3, 4, and 5, respectively. People are like, please, enough with the African men. <laughs> They're embarrassing us. <laughs> enough with the African men on Love is Blind. I don't know. I think they tend to put West African men because I know they have lots of viewership from West Africa or from, well, from West Africa in particular. Nigerians all over the world. This show is very popular with us. So maybe the Love is Blind people do that intentionally. I don't know. I, I don't think I mind them giving us such a bad image. Do they really give us such a bad image? I mean, everyone should be mature enough to know that you can't judge a bunch by a few bad eggs. Yeah. Uh, I'm indifferent, but maybe for season six, they should take a break on the African brothers. Maybe just they should just find like a black American dude, like uh, the guy from last year, uh, Brett and Tiffany. What's his name, Brett? I think it was Brett. Yeah. So they should just go for like black American dudes um next season or maybe a south african guy or you know leave west africa alone but yeah coming back to uche and alia and my advice to uche you guys i don't need to do i need to recap the whole uche and alia thing well i'll say this when he said oh you're a recent cheater in episode one you know things were going so so well and then he just hammers on her being you know um unfaithful in a past relationship and all that and he just goes on and on and on and berates her and ultimately makes her feel small it was heartbreaking to watch and that she even forgave him after that was a bit of a shock i think the straw that broke the camel's back was was it the whole uh lydia and uh yeah i think it was the lydia and uche thing the fact that they had recently been together but coming back to Uche and the way he speaks and how he makes women feel small, I think Lydia and Aliyah really did dodge a bullet. Uh, lots of people have different views about Uche. My personal views about Uche, first of all, he seems to be the kind of man who always feels he's right. And that's not a good thing. I understand he's a lawyer and he's a founder of a tech company and all that, but in a marriage and in a relationship essentially it's not just you're not always right there needs to be dialogue you need to meet each other halfway but it doesn't seem like which is the kind of man that would you know come to you where you are or you know meet you in the middle he always wants you to meet him where he is and see things his way and that's not cool i think which should also does he need to see thera uh, seek therapy 
it would be good. I mean, so many people need to seek therapy. I wouldn't mind going to therapy as well. I think Uche could benefit from it. But whether or not Uche would let what he learns from therapy change his way of life, I do not, I do not know. He seems so steadfast and so rooted in his ways that I worry about um, how he would handle things. So, or how he would handle therapy more like it. But if he can go to therapy, he should. He may not because I think very quickly the therapist would say he has narcissistic tendencies, which may be true. Um, he needs to do like internal work, right? I can't even picture the kind of woman that would be ideal for somebody like Uche. Maybe a very docile woman. But then he wouldn't find that woman like compelling or captivating and he'd most likely cheat on that kind of woman he'd find he'd find her boring so it's not a matter of the kind of woman that would suit uche for who uche is now i think it's a matter of uche doing the internal work maybe going to therapy and changing his the way he views romantic relationships and women because i don't i don't see uche viewing a woman as his equal especially in a romantic context that's just my view so that's my advice to uche maybe seek therapy and I don't know come come off your high horse <laughs> generally and you know at a micro level and you know try and see people don't always see yourself as being right learn to say thank you and i'm sorry a bit more without there being a but or however after those things you know it's it's tough he's he seems to be like an alpha male and it's kind of tricky to get people like that to be more open-minded and to be more I don't know, accommodating in, in loving relationships where both parties are equal. But anyway, that's my advice to Uche. Another thing I learned from their, their dynamic is watch the way people talk to you. Yeah? Watch the way people talk. Because the way Uche was going about when he was talking to Aliyah and even when he was talking to Lydia when he came for the barbecue and when he, how he was talking to Miriam, the way he speaks is very condescending. Like he, he feels, it feels like he, I may be wrong, but it feels like he has a superiority complex. So in romantic relationships, the lesson I've learned from that dynamic, and I think you could learn as well, is that watch the way people talk to other people, but to you as well. Watch the words they use. Watch their tone. Because if you spend just a little bit of time, or maybe even a lot of, a lot of time monitoring these things, you notice how they treat people or their how, how they... Their relationship with themselves, <laughs> are they egotistical? Are they narcissistic? You know, do they talk down to people? Do they try and make people feel small? So yeah, watch the way people talk to other people and how they talk to you, especially when it comes to romantic dynamics because the way Uche talked to Aliyah in episode one towards the end when he goes on about the whole cheating thing, my heart broke, honestly. Uh, so Uche and Lydia... <laughs> Still on Uche, though, the lessons to learn from Uche and Lydia. Wow. I think Lydia did some of those things that Uche accused her, accused her of. You know, checking the stories of his mutual, of his friends, his female friends. Maybe that was Lydia, in Lydia's past life. Maybe that, all that cray-cray, she's done with that. But I do believe that she did some of those things. I don't know. It, it seemed like it was a very toxic relationship. They had no business being together. And it seems like Lydia has grown. Hopefully, fingers crossed, and she's no longer that toxic individual. Um, and yeah, Uchi perhaps should let it go and move on. He probably has. It was good that he wasn't, that he didn't come for the reunion. It would have been, I mean, fireworks all over the place. And yeah, I wasn't uh, ready for that. And I think Uche has triggered all of us collectively enough for <laughs> for like however many weeks that 
we've been watching this season of love is blind which is so many people had things to say about that guy <sighs> i hope if i hope he does the work that's needed and i hope he finds love yeah i'll leave it at that the final couple on this season of or season five of love is blind chris and johnny first of all let me say shame to, shame on johnny for making out with Izzy in his Jeep when they met up, you know, at a bar or whatever, like after the whole, after the season, right? Because in the, at the reunion, they did say that they, they kind of, they made out, they saw in a bar, they talked extensively, which is cool and all, but they made out in, in um, Izzy's Jeep. Seriously, Johnny, after the way the guy spoke to you at the barbecue, after everything with Chris, you still made out with the guy? People are people are funny. People, I mean, people are entertained some pretty weird things, right? She she never should have. After anyway, I guess when you're hot, you're hot. So that, maybe it's hot guy privilege. She just couldn't resist the guy because he was so hot or something. Who knows? But shame on Johnny for entertaining, you know, easy in that capacity after everything that happened. Now coming to Chris, I was quite surprised that Chris apparently cheated on izzy no sorry apparently cheated on johnny because they were together if you've watched the reunion you know you know what i'm talking about he was with johnny johnny didn't hear from him from him for a couple of weeks but then a friend tells her that johnny's sorry that uh, chris is now seeing someone else or that they saw chris with somebody else and chris confirms that yes he's actually seeing someone else and it was quite uh, a douchebag move to not break things off properly with johnny before pursuing another woman and i think the main lesson so my advice to to chris is that yeah you should have done the honorable thing his, his excuse was that he doesn't like having comfortable converse sorry having uncomfortable conversations or something of that nature that's neither here nor there guy um no one likes having uncomfortable conversations but people's um emotions are on the line yeah so he he should have he owed it to um johnny to tell her the truth and to have broken things off with her properly before pursuing or before being official with this other woman because now as a record as it stands he cheated on johnny so that's my advice to chris the lesson learned from the whole chris and johnny dynamic is don't go for your your option b because you guys we all know that um, chris was johnny's option b because izzy turned her down so when izzy turned her down with her tail between her legs she went to go and proposition um chris that they should get together and chris also turned her down but they saw at the airport and they started a relationship so yeah the lesson there is if your option b knows that he's your option b don't don't pursue it because if Chris didn't know, then that's a different story. Then she could have, if she could have once um, Izzy turned her down, she could have pursued um, Chris as long as Chris didn't know that he was the backup or that he was the plan B. But once someone knows that you're there, your plan B, don't pursue it. It can only end in tears and embarrassment for somebody. Most likely you. <laughs> because they will have that resentment of you keeping them as their as second best. I mean, look at... Um, the black couple from season three that i forget their names but you guys know if you're a fan of the show you know who i'm talking about maybe i'll put up their picture on the screen the petite lady and the really big guy um yeah so once the puerto rican babe told the black guy no he now goes to go and you know propose to the petite black lady and she says yes 
they seem like the the um, the darling couple of season three. Was that season three? Yeah, it was season three. Their names are at the tip of my tongue, but I just can't remember it right now. Let's blame it on my flu, right? So they actually say their I do wedding was beautiful, everything was looking good, but apparently they didn't last a year. They got divorced. So and lots of people are saying it that girl, you shouldn't have said yes to him, knowing that he was only coming to you after another woman had told him no. So yeah, I mean. There are no hard and fast rules, right? Because it didn't work for them doesn't mean it won't work for somebody else. But I think um, generally or by and large, unless you're willing to be the exception to the rule, yeah, your plan B should not be pursued, particularly when they know that you that they are your plan B. Right. Any other lessons from Johnny and um, Chris? Yeah, scum. <laughs> what I wrote down in my notes is that scumbaggery <laughs> or being a scumbag essentially doesn't show on people's faces. I never would have guessed that um, Chris would have pulled such a scumbag move to have, you know, cheated on Johnny, you know, not told for him not to have told her that he wasn't interested in the relationship anymore. And then him pursuing this other woman, it was a really it was a douchebag move. Right. So, yeah, those are the lessons that I learned from uh, season five of Love is Blind and the advice that I have for the men. A lot of people, not a lot of people, but a few people I saw online said that, um, misogyny was like front and center uh and uh, like badly behaved men were front and center this season of love is blind i kind of agree because the men were actually badly behaved i mean you think about izzy jp uche milton was the only exception right milton was he acted honorably and he was a stand-up guy uh but all the other guys like i said even chris who doesn't look like the type they just um what's the word it was just very a lot of misogynistic is misogyny the word i'm looking for just men behaving quite badly let's go with that men being entitled and behaving badly you know uh to women i think that we saw a lot a lot of that on this on season five of love is blind i really enjoyed the season funny enough for the entertainment value not for the normal butterflies and lovey-dovey um feels that i typically get from love is blind I hope they go back to the old world formula um, in the next season. I don't want another like train wreck kind of uh, uh, season where we watch, but we watch out of like disgust or trepidation or just like like we're watching a, a car crash. We just can't turn away from it. We're just glued to it to see how terrible everything turns out. But it wasn't very entertaining, I must say. Lots of people watched it. I think I got a couple of people to yeah, a friend of mine who is overseas. I think this was the first time that she watched Love is Blind as well. I was I was very surprised. I felt bad that she was watching that the first season that she was watching was a, like a really crappy season where love wasn't front and center. But uh, I think she enjoyed it. I hope next season is better, essentially. I hope the producers can get things back on track. There are a few surprises. If you follow like the behind-the-scenes stuff, apparently two two other couples got... They got a, they proposed to her. They got engaged on the show, but the producers didn't feature them in this season. A lot of things happened behind behind the scenes that we didn't we weren't privy to, especially the couples that got engaged. My conspiracy theory is that on this season, season five of Love Is Blind, they wanted to take just to a different route of going with the the dark side of Love Is Blind and relationships, and it worked because we were educated on how important financial uh, money essentially is in a marriage and in a relationship. How important financial literacy is and also ambition all these three things tied to lizzie and uh, sorry stacy and izzy communication and um 
whatever was going on with jp and taylor that's also important and then just being quite toxic and um whatever else <laughs> uche was so we learned a number of things on this season of love is blind things or elements that we wouldn't have been exposed to if it was a typical lovey-dovey season thank you guys for watching this episode or listening to this episode of the 30 minute podcast i i made it through 50 something minutes with a flu with a stuffed nose you guys can probably hear how like congested i sound i made it through i'm glad if you're watching this on youtube uh do remember to like the video and subscribe to the channel as well it's very important especially seeing as i've created a new channel for the 30 minute podcast on this podcast i talk about things that i see on the internet like love is blind netflix's love is blind Things I see like on Instagram, I read on Twitter. I still call it Twitter. I don't call it X. Uh, things I see on threads. Largely relationship things or faith-based things. Uh, so those are the things I talk about here on the 30-minute podcast. I may experiment here and there. I'm still really finding my footing. Oh, Lord have mercy. I'm still really finding my footing on this podcast, but I'm enjoying the journey and I really want you guys to be on the journey along with me. So please do uh, follow this podcast. If you're listening to it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, um, Vibeo or Spotify or any of the numerous podcast platforms, do subscribe, follow me, uh, leave a review down below, rate it with as many stars as possible, all that good stuff. Once again, subscribe if you're watching this on YouTube, like the video, share this video with anyone who you feel is really into love is blind as well and trust me there are many of us that are into that were into that show are you looking forward to the next season um yeah share this episode with them hopefully they'll subscribe to the channel as well this was fun i enjoyed this i look forward to the rest of the season i'll be back soon hopefully i'll be in better spirits and i'll be my voice will sound better hopefully fingers crossed and i'll be feeling better to deliver another awesome or more awesome episodes of the 30 minute podcast thank you guys so much for listening uh, especially if you made it this far, I will catch you in the next one. Peace.